let's go back to high school where I think everybody started to learn FOMO and <laughs> in I'd say middle school too. or middle school, even Possibly earlier school. where you wanted to go to the party that everyone was going to or, but wait, there's another party. There's an after party, you know, like you want to be in all the parties. And so I think of that in terms of my stocks of not being in all the stocks, but having enough so that if one, if one party sucks, have this other party over here, <laughs> you know, so that doesn't feel like I'm putting. Question is, which party will the person that you have a crush on show up at? Right, right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Women Take Stock. It's been a couple of weeks since we've checked in. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think we all know all too well. FOMO, fear of missing out. And I should say that Dana is probably actually experiencing some JOMO, joy of missing out, because she wasn't able to join us today. So she's off having fun while we're sitting here talking about our really talking silly about mistakes FOMO. that we've made all <laughs> week. Because she's out in the sun, enjoying the spring weather. Yeah. Now I'm having FOMO about what she's doing. Exactly. <laughs> Instead, I'm sitting here staring at my Robin Hood app going, oh, Lord, what have I done? Anyway. Yeah, it's been an interesting week, to <laughs> say be- the least. Before we kick into that, why don't we kick into our little intro? Okay. We are four friends all at different places in our financial and personal lives looking to pull back the curtain on the seemingly mysterious, often testosterone-driven world of stock investing. And if four women without business degrees can figure out the market as a side hustle, well, so can you. Join us as we learn the basics, buy, sell, scratch our heads, hold our breath, commiserate and celebrate hopefully more of the latter we aren't experts so please note that this podcast is for general information purposes only yeah anything resembling financial advice is purely coincidental that said we are hoping to make a little or a lot of money doing this and if money is power well we want some of that too okay so welcome to the show as we said in the little open today we're going to talk about things that we're not a part of i guess no we're going to talk about fear of missing out and how that's affected our investment strategies or lack thereof. And really, I think this week was a pretty bumpy week, both on Wall Street and in our crypto holdings. And we maybe learned a few lessons. I don't like it when I have to learn lessons. (laughs) Like, Like, haven't I already learned that? I think I've learned that. Oh, no. (laughs) Apparently not. I'm learning it again. (laughs) You know, it's funny, we started this Women Take Stock at a time when every week was like, look at all this money. Oh, this is fun. Oh, this is great. And then to have a week when, ouch, it's probably, it's, I wouldn't say it's good for us, but it's it's important to know that it's not always going to be on the upswing. And I think too, when we started out, I'll speak for myself, that I was only investing very small amounts of money because I was learning. I was like mm-hmm. $50 here, $100 here. And as I became more confident, I started investing more. And with that comes higher highs and lower lows. And earlier, I guess it was last week when Dogecoin went really, really high and I sold at at a, at a high level and I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then I turned my attention to my traditional stocks and I was like, Oh, what's (laughs) going on? (laughs) Oh, no. Apparently, all of my traditional stocks are down. And again, I, you know, I take the 
the approach of like, I'm going to hold for a while until they go up or even, you know, indefinitely, but it still made me feel like, what, maybe I'm not putting enough into the research of my traditional stocks. Yeah, I think this whole idea of FOMO, I mean, I experience it. And even among our group, I would love to see women take stock groups across the country, across the world, because having that core group of people who you're learning with and you're you're saying, things are great. Oh, things are not great. And you can really buoy each other up and share resources and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a little bit of FOMO when it, y'all were all, I got out of Dogecoin ages ago. I sold for, you know, I made some money on it, not loads. And then it was going up and up and then it dipped. And I thought, ooh, you know, I bet it's going to be a bit like Bitcoin, which pulls back and then soars again, even though I know Dogecoin is very different from Bitcoin. So I didn't put in a lot of money, but I put in some money and now I'm underwater. underwater At the yeah. same time, I feel a little, I'm a little rueful, but I also like, yep. That's how it goes. This was always, especially with the money I invested in Dogecoin for me, it was always a little bit of play money. Like Mm -hmm. this is to fool around with and maybe have fun and test some of my theories with. But I think following on, Jen, from what you were saying, it just shows you how important it is when you're investing, whether that's in traditional stocks or ETFs or crypto or whatever, that all your gains are just imaginary yes. until you actually take them. I will tell yeah. you, my 15 year old yeah. son totally schooled me because at the point last week when Doge was over 40 cents and I had bought in at eight cents and I was like, oh my God. And I was actually going, <laughs> we, we, need a, we need a new car. And I was like, guys, by this time next week, we're going to have enough to have a new car. And Jasper's like, mom, you don't actually have that money. It's not real. <laughs> like, Are you kidding? Look at my account. Look at the numbers. And lo and behold, you know, the next morning I wake up and I was like, oh my God. And um, I was proud of myself though. I did wind up selling the principal, just the amount that I had originally invested. When it was going down, it was like 29, almost mm-hmm. 30. So it, it was still a nice little gain. And then there's still money that's in there. So now anything that's earning or losing is actually truly magical play money because Mm -hmm. it's literally like in the ether, but it's funny the fear of missing out. I think that when you think about a lot of the stuff that has happened this year with the game stock and the Mm -hmm. Dogecoin and a lot of the weird ways of pandemic investing, it is all FOMO. It has nothing to do with anything real. And Dogecoin even more than any other crypto coin is just this it has, it's based well, on. It is, it is and it isn't because it is actually being used now. So Mark Cuban yeah. accepts Dogecoin in the Dallas Mavericks merchandise shop. So it's actually, it's starting to gain some real traction in the same way that I think you can track. Same with Bitcoin, right? Like, yeah. They're, they're, but it's still it a is, meme stock. It's like it, its value is in the amount of buzz and yeah, not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. School me. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, no, I'm just, uh, so we're starting to zero in on this particular cryptocurrency, but I think overall FOMO, there is a a positive side to FOMO, and that's kind of what we're all doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Because the stock market has just been bananas over the Mm -hmm. last couple of years, right? Even even through pandemic and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it is important for me that I suddenly looked at the fact that, oh my gosh, all these stocks are really going up even while 
lots of regular people are hurting and it seems a little bit divorced from the economy in general. And I do feel like I took that sense of FOMO and was said, well, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And and so there can be a positive element. Some, it's not positive when you're kind of chasing gains or everyone's talking about something. And I, I think of it here. So I'm in London at the moment and I see ads on the side of buses and in the tube and outside advertising for apps where you can now trade crypto. And it's like, you can buy, you can buy Bitcoin quickly in seconds with this. And I think, ooh, is this that moment where that FOMO It'll give it a boost and then it'll all collapse. Mm-hmm. And then there's schadenfreude for the people who yes, did not it. join in. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're, there is this element of FOMO that it's sort of like the everybody following, the, the herd is following, but then what are they following, right? Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we were also talking on our chat a little bit about sort of the idea of diversity and how that plays like what are diversifying diversifying diversity is a whole other show right not not (laughs) diversity inclusion and equity but diversifying (laughs) your stocks but this idea of like let's go back to high school where i think everybody started to learn fomo and (laughs) in our say middle school or middle school even earlier where you wanted to go to the party that everyone was going to or, but wait, there's another party. There's an after party, you know, like you want to be in all the parties. And so I think of that in terms of my stocks of not being in all the stocks, but having enough so that if one, if one party sucks, I have this other party over here, <laughs> you know, so that doesn't feel like I'm putting. Question is, which party will the person that you have a crush on show up at? Right. Right. I don't Maybe know that's that a party of two. Stuck. Maybe that's a party of two in the back seat of your car. But- oh my gosh, Tula. <laughs> this show is getting racy. No. <laughs> no. But- it's a respectful party on the sofa holding hands. Watching a rated Watching TV movie. with your parents. Yeah. True. Yes. What was I thinking? As parents of teenagers, we um we have a stake here. <laughs> but it, I don't know. So there there are ways that you can buffer the possible either psychological or financial damage. There's something in the financial world called a FOMO trade, actually. Dana turned me on to this. So obviously, we we all know that what the psychological term about FOMO means, but there is a term in the trading world that fear, fear of missing out trade occurs when you notice a sharp rally or slump in a stock and the desire to join in on the price movement clouds all other analysis of the stock's current price. So you, let's say you've done your research and you're looking at your markers, but you see everybody going for something or, or there, there's an unanticipated rise or dip. You ignore all of your traditional research mm-hmm. and you just rashly jump in. And what they're saying is that's, you know, it's it's human nature. It's understandable but it's actually not a good thing. You you want to try to stick with your if you've done the research, your analysis and kind which of you hold it done, up, of which you should have done, which you should have done, which you should have done. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny about that is that I, one of the stocks in my traditional stocks that I have is a very under the radar. And I bought it a few months ago because some of the analysts that I was reading were like, buy this stock, it's going to go crazy, whatever. And I was looking at their as best as I could understand their rationale behind that. And I was like, sure, I'll buy in. And then it promptly plummeted. Mm-hmm. But 
I've been holding it and I'm watching it and it's interesting because it's starting to go up, up, up. And I'm not, I haven't, I'm not, I'm still a little underwater, but not that much anymore. And it feels so much more rational because there's reason behind why it's going up and down that have more to yes. do with what the company's doing than with meme yes. stocks or, you know, just flat out psychology and brain clouding. Right. So I want this stock to do well because I want rationality to win. Also because it would be good to make money, but yeah, it would be nice if that stock did better. Yeah. And I think Tula, what you were saying, this kind of applies to what you're saying too, Jen, this article that Dana sent us, which we will share on our site, is that the things that drive FOMO trades, you know, there are various things that play into it. One is this idea that if something's going up, it will continue to go up or going down, it'll continue to go down. And we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. That some of it's about kind of envy, mm -hmm. um, yes. especially if you're, if you have friends who are in it, or if you're on a message board and everyone's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And there's a line in it, which is, you know, unfortunately, the more significant a price movement, the more likely a stock's price will actually reverse or retrace. So FOMO trades are often losers. Uh, and, uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. That's so, really interesting. Because you're just, you're just kind of chasing. Yeah, yeah you're just yeah, chasing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not chasing. on the front edge of something. Right. And I think it also, it helps me understand that I will always have FOMO in the stock market because by its nature, it's volatile, it's moving. I just have to learn how to manage it. Like, what is my philosophy? And Absolutely. I think, yeah. And for, for me, it's like, I can, I, I'm strong enough to ride out the lows and hold. Like I, I'm starting to feel more confident in my ability to hold when things are low and let them go up. And if, you know, and even if I sell and lose a little, I just want to not lose a lot. <laughs> I want to, well, I want to make a lot, but if, if I'm at a point where I think based on my research that a, a stock is not going to be doing well for me, just even selling at a certain point, even if I'm going to lose a little bit, is still a smart move. Mm. It's all relative too. Like, you know, if you need some cash at a certain point to pay right, off a credit right. card and you sell a stock, even if it's not its, at its peak, but You've you make money and it, it works yeah. for your financial goals, right. that's a win too. It's not always based on what everybody else is saying and doing. Right, right. Just sort right. of like when I sold Doge at, at, at you know, around 29 even though I could have sold when it was 40 and I was mm -hmm. kicking myself. And then I had to step back and go, wait a second. I bought it at eight. Right. <laughs> like, that's still a pretty nice little return. Right. But it's hard to, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's totally human nature. So maybe one of the things about FOMO then is that we know we feel it. We got to emotionally check ourselves and then also realize uh, a flip side of that is realizing your own circumstances might be different from everyone else out there who's talking about it or what the stock's doing, that it's all about knowing yourself and your own circumstances. It isn't everything. Absolutely. Know thyself. <laughs> know thyself. <laughs> or at least know your friends so that they can check you. <laughs> yes. Or have, yeah. make sure they know you so that they can tell you what you're doing. Right. So, <laughs> so one last question while we, as we wrap this up, what are your plans for the week, investing or otherwise? My investing uh, thing, thing uh, task for this week is there's one stock that I'm in. It's Green Thumb, which is marijuana over-the-counter stock. And I've made some good gains on it. Analysts say it will go up even more, but I'm thinking of selling 
mm-hmm. and doing something with that money in my own real non-stock life. And so I'm basically doing an analysis this week to see about that. Cool. Oh, exciting. Very I'm cool. holding because A, I'm super busy at work and B, the stocks that I am now invested in, one of which is it's a psychedelic company that is uh, like in, medical, like magic. Yeah, medical tips. psychedelics. It's sort of like the next frontier. And I think that's going to take a, a while yeah. to catch on. And so even though it's uh, like down 10% from when I bought it, I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm looking at What's it as very company? long term. It's Compass Pathways. Oh, C-M-P-S. yeah. Oh, I, ha- I, I, I owned them for a while, actually. Yeah, they're um, down. I'm down quite a bit from when I bought it, but I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then my other traditional stocks are all tied to the idea that everybody's going to be traveling this summer. So Delta, Weight Watchers, Airbnb. I'm I'm counting on you, America, <laughs> to to start re reengaging with life and travel to make those so, that, so that you can make some gains, so you can right. sell it's, it off, so you do can reengage with life and travel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Jen? What about you? I mean, like part of my lesson of the week was that I'm overly invested in crypto, and I think what I'd I'd like to do is I'm watching my crypto, and as soon as things go up again, I actually want to sell off some of it and then use that money to look at a more traditional stock again and find something that feels not, I don't want it, not safe necessarily, but like a little bit more grounded in reality. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Bitcoin I'm, I'm just holding. I have, I have yeah. faith in and that, but I think, yeah, I it's think quite like, low right now. So it's, it's, it's kind sale, of on sale. They say. Although the reason it went down, isn't that illogical. It has to do with taxes and the Biden administration making some announcements. It wasn't just Mm-hmm. this crazy, weird, random sell-off. And I actually, that was another lesson for myself is that if you're going to be investing any significant amount of money in this, you actually need to be actively paying attention like a day trader. Because the <laughs> minute he's like, what? I, know, that, I have to pay attention? He has to pay attention. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. It was like the end of the day. I was like, oh, what happened? And then I look back, I'm like, oh, five hours ago, there was this announcement about capital gains taxes. Oh, actually, what, I was that that point, what I mean, was that announcement? I mean, I don't want to like misquote it, but just there's, as I understand it, that he wants to raise capital gains taxes on yeah. the wealthy. But the funny thing about that is like, mm-hmm. over if your income is over a million dollars, and I'm like, why was there a huge, like how many people that own this stuff have such significant incomes that that is a, a, a fear for them? And then it also pisses me off. If you're making that much money and your tax goes up a little bit, you're still making a ton of shit. Excuse me. Well, we are going to be talking about taxes in our next episode, oh, yes. we, we are guests. going to be speaking to a wonderful outfit called The Art of Finance, and we will be talking all about this. So yes. you'll have to tune in next week. Yeah, so don't miss it. And in the meantime, do get in touch with us via our website, womentakestock.com, via Twitter, Women Take Stock, or via Instagram, women.take.stock. And uh, and let us know if you think about taxes and your investments or what you think about taxes or if you've never thinking about taxes in regards to your investment. We'd like to know. Prefer not to think about taxes. Or prefer, yeah. (laughs) Along with not thinking about death. So yeah. That works really well. Get in touch. Get in touch. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great week. Yay. Bye. 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 Bye.